There's a jolly feeling in the air. You mean a holly feeling? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, there's a holly plant. The Sippy's broadcast. That's sweet. Like us. The perfect combination. Yay, let's celebrate. But we don't want to start off our podcast with a ridiculous song. There's a jolly feeling in the air. Sippy's broadcast. Season 3. Episode 5. Hi, I'm Big Bear. And I'm Fuzz. And, and you're listening to the Stubby's Podcast. Today, we're learning about the holly and holiday plants. Ooh, I have a joke about a tree. Um, okay. What kind of tree can you hold in your hand? An evergreen tree. No, a palm tree. You already told me this joke, and you still forgot. Yes. Okay. In season one, episode six. Oh, all right. Okay, I have one about the holiday season. Tell us. Why was the little boy so cold during the holiday season? Because it was cold. No, silly. <laughs> it was December. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. All right, let's get to it. Ho, ho, ho. Stop saying that. This episode is not about Santa. Oh, okay. <laughs> Our first and main plant today is the holly. The holly is a common symbol for Christmas and sometimes the holiday season. Many people decorate their houses with hollies. Holly in ancient times meant prickly, which is an appropriate name since it's very pokey. Some interesting facts about this cool plant are that... It has tough spiky leaves to deter predators. Although, higher up, it becomes less and less prickly since less animals can reach up there, so it needs less protection. In Norse mythology, it was said to ward off lightning strikes, and scientists believe today that the leaves of holly can act as lightning conductors to protect their trees from being struck. Wowzers! Holly was also used to honor the Roman god of agriculture named Saturn. You mean like the planet? Yeah. Interesting. Another thing is that only female plants have berries on them while males do not. The plant part is green. While the berries are red. Which are also Christmas colors. Do you think that's a coincidence, Peter Bear? No, the colors are related, which will be further supported by the other plants we observe today. My guess is that the plants that become popular during the holidays are popular because either they are in full bloom during the holiday season or have holiday colors. Interesting guess. Thanks. Extremely rarely, although possible, hollies can live up to a hundred years old. The oldest tree of the oldest holly tree is in Spain and is over six hundred years old. Wow, it was alive during the 1400s. I wonder what it saw. I wonder too. Hollies enjoy lots of sun and water. And lastly, there are over 400 species of holly. And grown in temperate and tropical places. That's all on our report on hollies. Good news, we have a few more plants to share. To start off with, the mistletoe has been a long-standing tradition of the holiday season. It looks like a bunch of green stems tied together with red or white berries hanging from them. Ahem. 
In Norse mythology, it was said that there was a man named Balder, and one day he had a nightmare where all the plants came to attack him. As a result, his mom, Freya, goddess of love, went around to all ask all the plants to give Balder peace. However, she forgot to ask Mistletoe to do so. Therefore, Mistletoe stabbed Balder, <laughs> and he died. From then on, Freya had people acknowledge Mistletoe's presence by kissing underneath. Nice storytelling voice, Les. Thanks. Anyways, even though <laughs> that was a legend, many people continue the tr tradition of kissing underneath the mistletoe, and it is believed that if you refuse to kiss someone, bad luck will come. Also, it is said that after each kiss, you must pluck a berry from the mistletoe, and once there are no more, the mistletoe has lost all its power. A fun fact is that mistletoe is one of three plants that represents Oklahoma. Mistletoe is the state's floral emblem, the Oklahoma rose is the state flower, and the Indian plant is the state's wildflower. Also, for mistletoe to spread its seeds, it has explosive seeds that fly into the air to disperse, but mostly the seeds are eaten by birds that disperse them. Warning! When mistletoe grows and climbs up trees, it is actually parasitic to the tree, meaning that it hurts the tree for its own gain. Oh. In this case, it takes energy from the tree and uses it, which hurts the tree, of course. Also, don't eat the berries on the mistletoe because they are poisonous. Yep, next time I see a mistletoe, I am definitely steering clear of it. Me too. Okay, next up, we have poinsettias. You might be accustomed to seeing these red, pink, white, or green flowers in pots everywhere you go. It turns out, though, that what may seem to be flower petals are actually leaves. Wow, Weaver, you sure are a great botanist today. Thank you. I like that title. These plants are also perennials, meaning they sprout, go dormant, and then sprout again every year. They grow extremely well in winter in North America. They also require 12 consecutive hours of darkness every day to bloom. Wow, that's a lot of hours. I know, right? Some commercial growers manipulate the lighting to trick the poinsettias to bloom faster. Ooh, tricky. A fun fact is that in some cultures, they use the sap from poinsettias to control fevers. Also, poinsettias were originally brought in the 1820s by an American ambassador named Joel Poinsett, who went to Mexico, which is why we call them poinsettias. Oh, that makes sense. Plus, time to ticking. We still have two more plants to go and not a lot of time. Okay, okay. The next plant is called the Christmas cactus. That sounds unique. It is. There are a few types. One blooms closer to Thanksgiving and one blooms closer to Christmas, which is why sometimes you might hear someone refer to the plant as the Thanksgiving cactus. This plant is a perennial plant from Brazil, which also needs long periods of darkness, like poinsettias, to grow during the winter. A cool vocabulary word that I found for this plant was... Epiphyte. An epiphyte is a plant that grows on another plant like mistletoe, however, it does not hurt the other plant. So it's neutral. Yes, it's neutral, which in nature is called commensalism. If both plants benefit from the relationship, then it is an example of mutualism. That's too many words, Fuzz. Sorry, if you're going to remember one from this podcast, then remember epiphyte. Well, actually, remember perennial first, but then remember epiphyte. <laughs> You're overwhelming me. Oh, sorry. Last but not least, we have amaryllis. The interesting thing is that the real plant named amaryllis is found in South Africa. However, when most people refer to amaryllis, they are referring to the plant named hippiastrum, which is a part of the same family, but a different type of plant. 
So should we refer to hippiastrum as amaryllis because it's easier to say? Well, you can call it either name, but you know that those two names have the same number of syllables, be rare. <laughs> oh, true. Okay, then let's call it hippiastrum. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hippiastrum can be found in South America, Central America, and around the Caribbean. It is a trumpet-shaped flower that can be red, white, pink, purple, yellow, and orange. Its other name, Amaryllis, is named after a love-struck maiden from Greek mythology. Wow, so many of these names have to do with mythology. Yeah, the slightly gory and gross story goes that Amaryllis wanted Altio to pay attention to her, so every day for 30 days she walked to Altio's house and pierced her heart. <laughs> Blood followed her as she went. <laughs> oh, okay. Ew. It was quite gross. On the 30th day, flowers started to bloom on the path, and finally she won Altio's heart. Hey, be there. I know that a lot of these plants have to do with Christmas. What about other holidays, such as uh, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa? I am not an expert, but according to SafNow.org, flowers that are shades of Kwanzaa colors, which are red, green, and black, would be appropriate. For Hanukkah, according to 1800flowers.com, flowers that are white and blue would be appropriate, such as white lilies, white roses and carnations, and blue delphinium. Okay, be there. Did we run out of time? Nope, that was perfect. You definitely rose to the occasion. As a wrap up of today, folks, we learned about holly and that's mostly related to the holiday season. And then we basically went through a whole catalog of plants and learned about plants such as amaryllis, mistletoes, and more. I still can't go get over that mistletoe is poisonous. I can't believe that there are so many plants connected to mythology. I mean, who knew? <laughs> okay, that's it for today. See you all next month. And when the time comes, enjoy the holiday season. Buzz, Thank you to thehort.org, the San Diego Natural History Museum, digthisdesign.net, gardennuity.com, and Iowa State University. Thank you to plantlife.org and Google Search. Thank you to these sources for making our love of plants bloom. Here are some funny scenes and bloopers from this episode. Hey! What? Do you see that? <gasps> about the holly and holiday plants. Ooh, I have a joke about a tree. Wait, what? <laughs> In Norse mythology, it was said there was a man named Balder. <laughs> and one day, he had a nightmare for all the plants to attack him. As a result, his mom prayed on down his applause to all the plants, asking them to give Balder peace. However, she forgot to have the mistletoe to do so. Mistletoe stabbed Paul and he died. From then on, Freya had people acknowledge mistletoe's presence by kissing on the knee. I don't know, why is it so funny? But you know that Saturn is named after the Roman god, right? You didn't know that! You're educating children and you don't know that? <laughs>